This is a hat trick podcast. Oh, hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Do you remember your sex education? Was it helpful to you? Was it filled with scientific information rather than real, practical advice? I'm Diggory Waite, and this is The Real Sex Education. Each week, I'll be joined by a guest. We'll impart our own sex wisdom, ask our own sex questions, and we'll go over all the things they don't teach you in school. To bring this all together, though, we'll need an expert. A sexpert, if you will. But the only sex and relationship therapist I know is my mum. Hello, mum. Hello, Diggs. In this episode, we're joined by comedian Jade Adams. I'll be honest with you, this is uh, <laughs> not a subject I'm really used to talking about. We discuss fingering. I take my boyfriend around um, Bristol and I'm like, I've got fingered in there, oh, I've got fingered in there. Squirting. And I sat there and one of them squirted on my shoe. And the lessons you don't really need. I was taught how to give a blowjob by a gay guy. I'll be honest with you, I didn't need that lesson, but I pretended that I did. <laughs> Welcome to The Real Sex Education. I'm Diggory Waite, and I'm joined as ever by resident sex and relationship therapist, Kate Campbell. Hello, Mum. Hello, Diggs. We have another great interview today. Uh, This time it's with comedian Jade Adams. We talk about a whole load of things, but sexual confidence is a big theme throughout. Yeah, it's really timely, actually, because one thing I've been noticing a lot with clients is that an awful lot of the single ones have been saying that they're losing their sexual confidence, that they've actually lost their sexual confidence during lockdown. Um, Things like having the wrong hair or um, having put on a few pounds during during lockdown really affects people. You don't realise how much you need all your ducks in a row. You need certain circumstances that make you feel able to express your sexuality. I think most people aren't aware of that. And all of a sudden, when you're not interacting with other people, when you've put on a bit of weight, when you're not feeling you look good, you're slopping around in in trackies and things. Many of us feel well. They've you know just they've lost it and they've lost their mode. And some people are saying, I don't know when I'll be ready to have another relationship. Mm. So with those people who've lost their sexual confidence, would you, is there anything you'd say or advise them to get it back? What are you saying when these single people say to you, when your single clients say to you, I've lost my sexual confidence? What are you saying in response? Well, I mean, it's interesting because I guess what, what we're often doing is exploring what what it felt like before and what's made the difference and how they would find whatever it is that they need. So it's an individual thing, I think. People need to be able to identify what does it for them. But I think a lot of people are shocked to realise that there are circumstances that they need before they feel okay to express their sexual self. Um, and they don't feel that they have it if their hair's not right or something. I mean, it's it seems such a small thing. And yet 
a lot of people don't want to go outside. I mean, I can see what why you, you know people feel wow I just I just don't feel myself I don't feel my sexual self it's it's hibernating somewhere and hopefully going forward people will have discovered what they need and that that will stand them in good stead for the future they'll be able to think okay you know I'm gonna if I if I get my hair done I'm gonna feel really good about myself <laughs> Well, some of you will have noticed there that I asked mum a question, a sex therapist a question, <laughs> and you can do the very same uh, later on in the show. At the end, when we open up our mailbox, you can have your questions answered by Kate, a real sex and relationships therapist. You just have to send your questions into podcasts at hattrick.com. That's hatchet with two Ts. But before we get there, we spoke with Jade Adams and asked her, how was your sex education? A non-existent. Mm. My sister gave me some information about it, but my sister, I she didn't know either. She was only two years older than me. Mm. And all I knew is that she went from bad boyfriend to bad boyfriend who all treated her badly. Mm. And um, and basically there was a lot of fingering that went on uh, during <laughs> during the 90s. Loads yeah. of fingering. Um, uh. that, that was basically the 90s. And for me as well, I take my boyfriend around um, Bristol and I'm like, I've got fingered in there. Oh, I've got fingered in there. Oh. Um, there's an NCP <laughs> car park opposite the Bristol Beer Keller that's had a lot of action from me. But I feel like... Like whatever sex education I had, I learned nothing about um, uh, being a woman and 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 consent. Never learned about um, uh, being able to tell someone about what I want and 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 all of that. So I basically have had to learn on the job. Basically, not that it's a job. I'm not um, I'm not a, a sex worker. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, but what sort of thing then do you wish you'd been taught during your sex education? I wish a woman would have stood in front of a group of girls and told them how to orgasm. I wish someone, mm. I, I wish we'd had a class where it was all girls and there was a woman and she came in and she told us all how to have how to come. I wish I'd learned that mm. when I was 15. There was a, there was somebody at, um, at my daughter's school who actually did that. And one of the, one of the ways she suggested was to sit on top of a moving washing machine, oh, an, an operating washing machine. That's what she said. That's what, and so, so I was, I, I came home and found, found her sitting there on the washing machine. Why, why? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that the sort of education you had in mind, Jade? Just like some education about how to come. Yeah. Like, you know, like someone, I learned how to come. I remember the first time that I did and I was on my own. I was, I was like between the ages of 12 and 14, Graham Torrington, who used to do a television, uh, he did, used to do a radio show on GWR in Bristol and it was called Late Night Love. And from 10 p.m. to midnight, he would play like love songs. And I, it was Valentine's Day weekend or something. And he was in Amsterdam. And I remember that was the first time I ever orgasmed on my own without, uh, you know, what was the first time I orgasmed? And, and I sort of found that out myself. And, and there was like, I had this like pair of shorts that I rubbed with. And then I, and then for years I thought, and I kept the shorts in the same position in the same, like it, I sort of used the shorts to rub. And then I kept the shorts under my pillow and then I remember once my mum found them and washed them and I was devastated because they weren't in the shape that they needed to be in in order to do what I did. And I sort of didn't realise I had to find it all out on my own. So what you could have done with then is someone to tell you to sit on a washing machine. I um I actually had I my very first TV job I ever got was um in probably like six, five years ago. I did this job where I had to um spend an entire week learning about sex so we did and it was for like women it was called the vagina show and oh yeah 
I was taught how to give a blowjob by a gay guy. I'll be honest with you, I didn't need that lesson, but I pretended that I did. I, I've never had any complaints in that department. And uh, sorry, where was I? I was going somewhere with this. I got distracted by thinking of university. But how good you are at blowjobs, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, I had the gay guy who um, who gave us blowjob technique lessons. And then there was one day where we... Um, uh, did this like fanny catwalk and we got these porn stars to walk up and down naked from the bottom down so we could have a look at other people's vaginas. Uh, and then one of the lessons was this woman got flown in from the Netherlands and she was a um, a squirting expert. So she came over from the Netherlands and she t- taught us all how to like squirt. And then these three girls masturbated next to me whilst I sat there incredibly awkwardly. Um, and I sat there and one of them squirted on my shoe. Um, <laughs> she like. What was, did you say? This is one of your first jobs in TV. First job in telly. I got squirted on by a girl. Imagine this is mental, isn't it? Crazy. Wow. So, and, and I think some people think that female ejaculation squirting is a myth. But I know it's not a myth because someone squirted mm. on my foot and it wasn't piss. Yeah, exactly. but you have the proof. Exactly. I sniffed it. I wanted to know if it was urine, and it does have because it comes from near the same place as the bladder. So there sometimes is a bit of urine in it. Yeah, mm. but it's very similar in, in uh, it's very similar to um, amniotic fluid. Is it? Apparently. Oh, wow. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't checked personally, but I believe I've never squirted. <laughs> neither, neither have I. Amniotic fluid, for those that don't know, the uninitiated? Um, it's, it's, the, it's the fluid that surrounds a baby in, in ah. the womb. Yes. But she told me, I didn't know this, but she told me that the clitoris isn't just that the, what no. you can see of the clitoris is um, like 2% yeah. of how big the clitoris is. So the clitoris goes yeah. all the way back to the mm. back yeah. of the vaginal canal, which I didn't know and actually uh, makes a lot of sense, actually, because... Um, you know, I can feel I can feel stuff down there, but I didn't like the clitoris. Apparently, mm. is about it's huge. Yeah, the girls don't know that. Isn't there? Isn't there a uh, theory that 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 the that the back end of the clitoris is is the G spot as well? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's what you're still simulating the clitoris in that sense. Yeah, that's right. There's and it, but it, but normally, um, not everyone has that sort of. It's an area of um, of nerve endings, of clitoral nerve endings, mm. and it's sort of that feed back to the clitoris. And and um, for some people, they're not there; they're in a different place. But mm. so that's why it's so controversial. And and you, did you know that the vagina is the least dissected organ in the body? I mean, you know, the penis is terribly dissected. I mean, men are really interested in how that works, but not at all interested in how in how women's sexuality works. Please state your occupation. Sci- science man. Please state your occupation. Uh, scientist. Would you like to dissect a vagina? No. Please press one for yes, two for no. Thank you. Would you like to dissect another penis? Yes. Please press oh. one for yes or two for no. Thank you. So after we'd spoken about how Jade wished women were taught how to masturbate in their sex ed class, I asked if there was anything else that Jade wished she was told how to do. Instructing another person or having the confidence to say, hey, I don't like that. How about this? Yeah. It's su- yeah. It, you know, I'm, 
men and women and uh, other people they, they the, the having sexual confidence is 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 hard because it's such a vulnerable thing as well exactly it is such a vulnerable thing and, and that's what a lot of sex therapy is about just simply getting people to be able to share what they want and share what they like and I think women are particularly um difficult because what they like one minute isn't what they like the next minute and yeah it's and, and and you know telling telling that to a man is is quite hard there's actually a thing where um couples sort of cut out moves because because one of them didn't like it one time usually the woman didn't like it one time and so they say oh Christ I won't do that again and then you end up with nothing really basically happening about three moves and that's it you know as you say bish bash bosh there, there is that fear that, you know, you don't want to like rock the boat in any way in case something of theirs doesn't work and you shame them or something like that. But it's crazy, isn't it? You can't have, you can't feel sexy walking on eggshells. No, you mm. can't at all. There's nothing sexy about that at all. And a lot of people say that their best sex is when they're exploratory, you know, the fingering stage where there's not, you, where there's no pressure, there's nothing going on. They just feel really relaxed then. Once you get into it, and once the relationship's really important, much more difficult much more difficult we've had this conversation before about when you say there, there is that pressure about saying what you want in the bedroom because it's so hard like you say if you say oh i want this you're worried you're going to hurt their feelings they're going to interpret that as oh you oh so so you don't want this then you don't want the thing that i'm doing at the, at the moment so then question to to mum and and jade if you have any thoughts on this as well is how do you ask how do you say what you want i love it when you whatever, rather than don't do that. I mean, one of the things that we do in sex therapy quite often is to stop couples from talking to one another during what are actually touching exercises and become, that become sexual exercises. We don't let them speak and we don't let them know what's going on. So right down to one of them preparing the room ready for the exercises. Well, yeah. well, they, I mean, explain those a little bit more to me because we've obviously spoken about the mum, but maybe Jodie would be interested. So some of these, uh, uh, exper- not experiments. Some they of these- are experiments. Well, they okay, are. That, that you do with with your clients then what what well what? i don't do them with the clients they do them on their own <laughs> don't no, get me in there you know what i mean for god's sake no so two clients they and you say to them right let's say um and and they're you know they're, they're they're here for sex therapy and you say to one of them what i want you to do is go into the bedroom or choose a place doesn't necessarily need to be the bedroom and prepare it for a Experiment. Ex- okay, experiment. Get the chest tubes out. Get the Bunsen burner. And then, <laughs> uh, Diggory, are you using Bunsen burners during sex? Yeah, that's just what I call my nice little learner. So <laughs> then, um, yeah, and, th- and then then you will then say to your partner, come in. And, and like you say, they're not allowed to speak about why they've set the room up in that way. No, or they're not allowed to, to even talk about that. So someone will walk into the room and then and they're not allowed to say, I love the way you've set up the room. They're not allowed to say anything at all. And then are they, after that, are they supposed to go straight into having sex or what's, no, what's happening No, no, there? no, no, no. They, they, no, they're experiments. So they're touching experiments and, and they become increasingly more sexual. But mm. the point about it is that you're, everything you do in terms of touching is for your own pleasure. And so right the way through, it's all for your own pleasure. Mm. So you, and when they start becoming sexual, they are basically guiding one another, you know, hand on hand mm. rather, and, rather than, um, and, and doing what they feel like doing as well. So it's more about permission giving than it is about trying to make someone do something so trying to make your partner climax or whatever 
off the agenda. Each person's responsible for their own pleasure. So they might ask the other one or, or show the other one how to do something that will get them a climax. But but it's but it's their responsibility. And it and it is so freeing. I mean, it sounds counterintuitive to say that, but it is unbelievably liberating. Wow, this is great. What a great idea. Mm. Mm. Really works. Tonight I wanna try something different. I've made up a room real nice in a way that just I like. Tonight I want you to come into our room, but I don't want you to. No, I don't want you to say a word tonight. Say a Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So we found out communication is crucial then, though. Well, yes, communication is always absolutely vital to good sex. But actually, in this case, it doesn't sound as though that's all that was affecting Jade. I also would say that the way that society is about people who are fat has also had a drastic impact on Mm. my sexual self-esteem. So... There's nothing apart from there was a My Big Fat Diary had a, a, a sort of sexual scene with a fat person in it and a hot boy, which was great. And I was really shocked. I, I was, it was like shocking television to me that there was mm-hmm. this fat girl. She was being fingered by her boyfriend who was really good looking. And he and he kept going like, I really fancy you. And she was like, oh, no, you can't fancy me. Oh, no, 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 no. It's annoying that that was the that was the way response. that was the response yeah. to it. This is constantly the storyline mm. of fat people. There is no mm. there are no sex fat people in anything and it means mm. i i it's really hard to see yourself as a sexual person when no one else in my entire life has ever shown fat people to be sexual if you get me mm. so like a lot you know women can discover their sexuality by seeing people like themselves in sort of sexual like you know people yeah. like people that are like daisy edgar jones from normal people will now go oh look i you know that, that'll show a sexuality towards that sort of type of girl but like there's nothing like that for fat people and it, it means that you you just there's a part of that education that i'm missing mm. 
Yeah, it's really understandable. And yet, and so, so much nonsense, so much nonsense. And it's all historical as well. I mean, at different times in history, you know, different body shapes are attractive. And I think now after Daisy Edgar Jones, we're going to have all sorts of girls cutting fringes on their hair <laughs> to say and say, oh, look, now I'll be sexy. Now I'll have an orgasm. You know, I don't know if you can see the chain that I'm wearing. You've got Connell's after, chain oh, after on. Connell, yeah, I've got oh, Connell's chain God, on. It had God. to be done, didn't it? It had to be done. Oh. It's just a real shame because there needs to be some sort of education for different types of people and like so when I put myself out there on the internet not sexually but when I with my career I put myself out there I just get lots of people sort of criticizing me for being fat I don't ever get or anything like that because women are seen pretty much as sexual objects and I get abuse because a man doesn't see me as a sexual object because I'm fat Mm. and and uh and you know it ha- it's had a i'd say a detrimental effect on my sexual self-confidence i've never i'm confident in so many other things like i'm intelligent i'm clever i can make people yeah. laugh lots of people can't do that i'm like yeah. i've sort of got lots of confidence in that but the 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 sexual side of things has disappeared but it needs i mean part of part of being sexual is what comes from the inside and there are so many times in a day when you can feel when you have the opportunity to feel sexual and and people don't take them they 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 keep sex for the bedroom or they keep sex for um you know a, a glance a, a very quick glance in the mirror as they rush out through the door um but but you know you can you can feel sexual in all sorts of ways all the time when you're flirting or um when you just just a look between you and somebody or I don't know when you look in the mirror and when you feel great and when you feel really powerful and in control those those times can come at any time and and should do and I'm really sad and horrified in a way that you that that those feelings have been kind of knocked out of you by bad experiences or just uh, bad experiences online abuse that I get every time I put myself on television um you know I I'm not I'm not considered a sexual person like and and also uh, I'm terrifying as well I'm really confident so <laughs> I had to go I you know I'm with a comedian because I would intimidate any man I'm with because I'd always be funnier than them mm-hmm. but yeah. I've got I've got my I have my match with with this one <laughs> you know we make each other laugh we should think about going out oh we should so, Jade, how often have you felt good about yourself when you've been having sex and that rather than just participating, the tables have turned and you felt really in control? It was, it was only a few times in my life I had sex with men where I, I didn't care about them and, like, I was really mm-hmm. dismissive of them and, like, they came over and sort of serviced me and then I made them leave the house. It's not a sort of behaviour that I normally adopt, but I remember just mm. feeling incredibly powerful about it, mm. that I was totally in, in control of them. They wanted something, I wanted something, and then when they were done with that thing, I let them get out of the house. I remember walking into a house party once. I, I only turned up the house party to have sex with this guy, and I turned up, <laughs> grabbed him, took him upstairs, had sex with him, and left. <laughs> you, you know you're laughing digs but actually this is a, this is a really big thing at the moment and i'm talking to more and more and more young women who are saying that i get i want a relationship but i get such a hit from having sex with a man and discarding him that i can never get to the point where they think i want a relationship they they think i don't because mm. i so enjoy boying them off and just saying yeah i feel great boying them off i can't believe my mum just said boying them off um <laughs> sorry digs 
Oops. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that that's fascinating though. But then, but then, so then, maybe talk me through that more so I understand it. In in for many women, it, they feel powerless in a sexual context. Is that why in these situations they're like, well, now I'm in, the one in control? Or I would say that the more powerful I've become and the more confident I've become, the less sex I've wanted to have. Mm-hmm. So when I was in my 20s, I used sex as a way to validate my looks and my personality. And the more sort of the ma- uh, master of a universe that I've become in my life, the less masturbating I've done and the less sexual I've, I've become. I found because I used to use sex as a way to validate myself mm-hmm. rather than, a, a, you know, sort of a. I, I don't think I really know how to do sex where I'm not using it I'm not using it as a way to make myself feel better and I, mm. I think that, that I'm probably not on my own with that sort of yeah. feeling as well I have no doubt that you're not on your own it's it's very 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 common yeah I've had some uh, sexual partners in the past who have um well sort of taken from me what they want without giving yeah. back to me and it, it it you know I at that time I sort of pushed those feelings away but it definitely sort of damaged my made me very shy about asking what 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 I want well it's your sexual self-esteem isn't it yeah basically and no wonder that people want to feel powerful and and use men when they've been through an experience like that it's very form forming it's very it affects the rest of your sex life so Jade at this point in the show we always ask how was it for you if you're pardon the pun uh what are you taking away yeah i i i i mean i've been doing this anyway but it's it's sort of really great to speak to someone who sort of uh <laughs> positively reinforces things that i was already thinking so like mm. i i have been in a in a situation where i'm having to try and find my sexuality again because now i'm validated uh, by my life and my choices that I've made and I've got a great boyfriend I'm not used to having mm. sex where people aren't trying to hide it from other people or try you know like I'm not I'm not used to having sort of a public uh, relationship where someone loves me publicly it's just not part of my uh, make, uh, so I'm sort of relearning stuff. So it's been really interesting listening mm. to you discuss that actually this stuff is okay to, to uh, you know, it's, it's again, an, a sense of validation around some thoughts that I've been having um, about, mm. about um, sex, but it's, you know, mm. I would, I, I'd, I could talk about this for, for ages. I've got, you know, so many, I've got so many questions about, about, about things. <laughs> it's quite difficult to ask mm. some of them when your boyfriend sat on the sofa snoring, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's, it sounds it sounds great. It sounds as if you've come to a really fantastic place. Well done. I mean, it's mm. wonderful. If if men were as confident about talking about this as uh, as you, Diggory, a lot more women would be having orgasms. I'm not going to listen to that. <laughs> oh, I can't take that as an as a. I was going to say I can't take that as an orgasm. I can't. God, I can't take that as a compliment because Mum is sat right there. It just this feels so weird. Are you finding? Uh, are you finding it hard getting straight guys to come on this podcast? Uh, no, I think. No. Well, no, Have you got really, straight? No. I, mean, I was just wondering because my other, my friend does another podcast called the Pleasure Podcast, and she was telling mm. me they find it really hard to get straight guys to come on. Well, so far we haven't we haven't found mm. any issues, but maybe we will. I just wondered. Mm. Maybe you should go on the pleasure podcast. Oh, I'd love to. It'd be I'll, great. Yeah. See, I'll put a good word in for you. 
That's brilliant. You're, I think you're quite an anomaly, Diggory, especially sat <laughs> next to your mum. Yeah, talking about this sort of thing, yeah. You must make women really happy. <laughs> God. <laughs> well, I'm going to make two women very happy by ending this podcast right here, right now. It's going on far too long. I will hear no more about that sort of thing. Jade, thank you so, so, so much for coming. It's been fantastic. Thanks for having me. I've really enjoyed this. If you ever want me back on as well, I'd really love to come back on and do part two. Oh, that'd be great. Wicked. Have a good one. And you guys, bye. Right. It's the mailbag. Send Kate your queries to podcast at hatch.com. It's the mailbag. Send Kate your queries. Podcast at hatch.com. Hello there. I have a query for Kate. I would like to know when the real sex education mailbag starts. The real sex education mailbag starts right now. Thank you. So, now is the time in the show that we take a look into our mailbox. It's your chance to have your questions answered by an accredited sex and relationship therapist. If you have any queries for Kate, you can send them in via email to podcasts at hattrick.com. That's hattrick with two Ts. And don't worry, we'll keep your anonymity unless you say otherwise. So, let's take a look. From JL208, they say, I am having some sexual problems with my girlfriend, mainly associated with low libido, which we've discussed at length and feel we could use some help. Would we be better speaking to a straight sex therapist or another gay therapist? How do we find the right therapist for us? Hmm. It's interesting, isn't it? You, you, I, I guess you wouldn't have that dilemma um, in many ways. If, if you were just a, a straight couple, you just, you, you wouldn't probably think about it because actually sex therapists can work with anyone in theory but if you felt more comfortable with a gay therapist then you look for look up pink therapies google pink therapies and on think pink therapists and 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 have a chat to them before you make a booking with them and see who you feel comfortable with and it may be that you feel just as comfortable with a straight therapist or it may be that you you want someone who's been actually been through the same things as you so it is a matter of 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 trying people out and sometimes you know who whether you have this particular dilemma or not sometimes people try a few therapists before they find one that fits mm. and what what are the criteria do you think for a therapist that, that fits you do you mean just in terms of that you feel comfortable to speak somebody to? that you feel comfortable to talk to and who you can trust because i mm. mean particularly when you're talking about sexual and emotional issues it's really important that you feel comfortable with the person you're working with yeah okay uh, we have another question here from Dio Golf 34 who says, I don't like the way other people touch my penis. It isn't arousing at all. I enjoy oral sex and intercourse, but just hate having my penis touched. Am I abnormal? Not, no. I mean, p- there are lots of people who feel this way and it's often when they've developed a particular masturbatory technique, which they're very fond of and which they know works for them. And then when somebody does something differently, they're put off. Um, so I guess oral sex and intercourse haven't happened so often in this person's life. And so they haven't developed that aversion. So I think it's about going back to basics and trying being touched all over in other places, not just the genitals and see what it feels like and work and so that you and your partner work the way up to genital touch so that you gradually become more interested in that and maybe show your partner what you like. I mean, it won't be the same as the way you do it, but it could be even more exciting as a result. Well, thank you for all your submissions to Kate. Again, if you'd like to put a query to Kate about anything sex or relationship related, or would just like to get in touch, we're podcasts at hattrick.com, hattrick with two Ts. A big thank you to Jade Adams and Kate Campbell. Cheers, mum. 
Cheers, Diggs. And see you next week for more sex. Education. That too. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Real Sex Education, which is hosted by Diggory Waite and Kate Campbell. The show is produced by Andy Goddard and Diggory Waite. The Real Sex Education is a Hattrick podcast. If you'd like to hear more podcasts by Hattrick, including Time Ghost with Alexander Armstrong and Ben Miller, just search Hattrick Podcasts on your podcast provider of choice. This podcast is based on the real-life relationship between the host, Degree Waite, and his mother, accredited sex therapist, Kate Campbell. The show is therefore inspired by, but otherwise unrelated to, the TV show Sex Education. But yes, Degree does wish his co-host was Gillian Anderson. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.